This episode of That Does Suit Madam is brought to you by Ye Olde Petrified Museum and Potato Nursery, featuring the new Cats and Bogman exhibit. Buy two tickets and get a kilo of potatoes for free. Eyes up. Just turn right after Millstone Manor, discounting parking for horses in the ring. Mr. Brandon, are you free? I'm free! I'm Brandon! And I'm Jeff, and this is That Does Suit Madam, a podcast about Are You Being Served? Hooray. Hello, Mr. Brandon. Hello, Gladys. Hello, Gladys. Hello, Mr. Jeff. Uh, Gladys is wearing a, a ghost costume. It's like a little oh, tiny sheet. It's like a. It's like one of those little cocktail napkins, you know. Little, <laughs> and she cut little two little holes on it. Um, she she tells me that it's it's All Hallows Eve coming up. She has started spooky season early. Ooh, very spooky, Gladys. She likes that. She likes praise about her costume. Uh, I have to say, the episode that we will discuss this evening is it's rather quite spooky. Appropriately timed. It's, it's October 2022. It's a little spooky out there in the world. Maybe not where you live, but it is where I live. Right? <laughs> Northern Mississippi, of course. My goodness. The pumpkins are flowing. The, the chai lattes are flowing everywhere. Oh, right? well, not at Dunkin' Donuts, they're not. Oh, um, no. So Dunkin' Donuts just revamped their um, loyalty program. Uh, and basically you have to spend four times as much in order to get a free beverage now. Weak as water. the Dunkin' Donuts loyalists are up in arms, let me tell you. If you check out what's going on on their Twitter, it is ratio after ratio after it. it I, I don't know how they're going to come back from this one because it's, it's bad news bears. Hashtag pumpkin spice latte revolt. I mean, <laughs> damn, guys. So uh, let them eat donuts. Right? Let them eat donuts. <laughs> Fairy cakes. Well, now you've got my candor up, haven't you? Uh, so we've missed you, unanimous. It's been a bit of time between episodes. Uh, you know, we had to. We had a whole revamp of the lower uh, basement level of the that suit madam compound. We had all of our unpaid interns working overtime, but. Um, they haven't really complained yet, so, uh, you know, Gladys is going over everyone's I-9 statements, and <laughs> oh my gosh, but yeah, we've missed but you, Unanimous, welcome We've back. missed you, and we're, we're back for another episode, and um, we're getting ready for wrapping up this show, as we said a couple of times. There's only three more episodes left. Oh, no. Including this one? Is it three? Including this one. Oh, so yeah. there's two left after this one, folks. So, yeah. But we are going to have some very special episodes coming up. And uh, Tonight thanks on to... a very special episode of That Does It Madam, <laughs> Mr. And... Jeff learns about menstruation. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you could have said the birds and the bees or oh. something like that. <laughs> If you don't know what that joke means, you're too young. So we're just going to ignore you about that. Yeah. Right? 
Um, <laughs> we've been batting some ideas back and forth about what to do for very special episodes. And we actually had one that coincided with, with a suggestion that superfan Jeff Y had um, put forward. And we're going to be putting forward, um, we're going to be asking for nominations pretty soon for the first annual uh, performances, undeniably superlative and showmanship of the year, otherwise known as the pussies, um, <gasps> for uh, your favorites uh, across the Are You Being Served and That Does Suit Madam Universe. So are you saying that we slash you are naming this the Pussy Awards? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what you're saying? The pussies, right? Like the Emmys and the Oscars and the Tonys. The <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I guess Tittles could be maybe instead of an Oscar, it's like a it's like a it's statue of Tittles. Yeah. It's a little uh, diamante encrusted statuette of Tittles. <laughs> Why not? Something like that. Okay. So tell us more, Mister ca- Jeff. What is the Pussy Award? We're going to be uh, asking for nominations in categories such as uh, your the best Mr. Humphreys costume slash outfit or the oh. best Grace Brothers point of display uh, okay. or your favorite that does suit Madam Free unpaid intern, otherwise known as guest host. There are a so, lot of those to choose from these days. Um, so, yeah, so we wanted to give you folks un- unanimous kind of... Uh, a call for nominations, right? Everyone's like, oh, my favorite episode is blah, blah, blah. Well, you can now let us know. And because there's not that many people who listen to us, <laughs> um, if one of the things we're going to do is um, the best That Does Suit Madam sponsor gag. You know, FYI, if you think those ads are real at the beginning of the episodes, they're not. They're just jokes. <gasps> and if you didn't realize More that. More peaks behind the black, the black curtain. I have some really great tonic that will grow hair on your head. <laughs> It will also cure athlete's foot and uh, email me directly about where to buy that at a very discounted rate. But, but um, the, merchandise, know, like, the merchandise yeah. on our bargain basement shop at imfree.threadless.com is real. And you can buy Hashtag t-shirts and coffee mugs. Yes, <laughs> right. but no tonic. Uh, but yeah, so if, like, if you have a favorite fake sponsor gag that we've done, now's the chance to let us know. And because there's not so many people, there's a good chance that if you make a nomination... It will win, okay? Because <laughs> hundreds of nominations, we're not going to have like, it's not the NFL draft or anything where. We are not going to need to have KPMJ supervise. Yeah, the, we're not going to have statisticians the like, there's not going to be someone with a, a briefcase and handcuffs standing, standing on a stage <laughs> with, anyway. But it'll be fun. So we wanted to include you all. And um, so it'll be, I don't know, we don't have like the official list yet of the, right. of the categories. Probably but. a tw- Twitter poll might be the best way to do it. I don't know. It'll be somewhere on our socials. Um, fo- follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll get the gist of it, how to write in. So we're looking forward to hearing about your uh, nominations, <laughs> Unanimous. So, And we have some news from Scotland, don't we, Mr. Jeffrey? We do indeed. Indeed we do, Mr. Which is Brandon. unusual yeah. for us. Our, our pals from Scotland, Gary and Tilt, from the Sitcom Club, are starting a new podcast in January called They'll Write Up With Where. Wow. Okay. That does seem, Madam, they'll write up with where. Maybe a, ne- a next one will come called um, If Your Pussy's in the Mood, Have It Clipped and Then Shampooed. <laughs> Who knows? Well, that's yeah. exciting. Hi, Mr. Gary and Tilt of the Sitcom Club. So if you all don't subscribe to the Sitcom Club, club already i suggest you go out and do it it's available where 
all you get your podcasts wherever you listen to us. And what they're going to be doing is not another episode by episode recap like we've done, but they're going to be taking yeah. a more holistic view of the history of the series and the history of the actors in it. Um, they did cool. a preview. They did a preview episode that they launched a couple of weeks ago to kind of set the mood for what they're looking for. And they're going to be putting out some bonus content available behind a paywall on Patreon or something like that. Awesome! So, yeah, that's great. Yeah, give them a listen. It's almost like I, I wonder now that there's two "Are You Being Served" podcasts. Does this mean it's an "Are You Being Served" renaissance? Like, is this? It's almost <laughs> like "Are You Being Served" the next generation? You know, I'm a Star Trek guy, so enough people were like, "We want Star Trek." We want they they brought a whole new. I'm just saying, there's potential here, folks. So you know, write write your congressman or something. I don't know, <laughs> but that's exciting. So that's cool. Hello, folks. Yeah, and we have uh, we've heard from a lot of our unanimous the past couple of weeks. They've been missing us, isn't that right? They Mr. will. It's very true, Mister Jeff, and they will not leave us alone. I keep saying, "Give us some privacy." We just want to be left alone, but they refuse. But <laughs> we actually love it. So uh, we heard from um, our friend on Facebook, Mister JC. Hello. Um, there was a fabulous train carriage, and where do you think this was uh, manufactured? A train, basically, uh, a, like a subway train. Where do you think it was manufactured, Mr. Jeff? Well, if my life were a train ride from London to Birmingham, I'd be just past rugby by now. So maybe <laughs> rugby? Um, for some reason, Playtex comes to mind. <laughs> or Victoria's Secret. I don't know why. Um, but this train carriage was manufactured in Bristol City. Um, which, if you're a fan of the show and of Are You Being Served, you know that Bristol City is common... Uh, uh, not Polari, um, Cockney rhyming slang for, I'm going to quote, titties. <laughs> Is that how you say it? Titties? I don't really know. Um, yeah, but that was lovely. So thank you for that. Thanks, JC. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we also have been getting a lot of comments and stuff. We sent a little love message out that we missed you. We've just been really busy and... Um, I think it was Mr. Humphreys crying into a hanky or something image. Uh, but we got a lot of comments from people saying that they don't want us to end the podcast, which is so sweet. Um, it's been a lot of fun making it. Uh, we did this all throughout uh, COVID and house arrest or whatever it was. Um, not actual house arrest because that'll be a rumor that starts on the internet. <laughs> um, but, you know, all good things and all of that stuff. Um, but I think, Mr. Jeff and I, would you agree that we want people to take what we've done and kind of figure out how to make a podcast? Because did you ever do a podcast before we did this? I certainly didn't. I didn't either. You know, we yeah. kind of just figured it out as we went along. So if any of you have any ideas for either recap shows that you want to do or topics that you want to talk about on your podcast, we are going to put together a very special episode about how to do a podcast. Tonight, another very special episode <laughs> about where Mr. Brandon learns how to make a podcast and what tampons are or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, we like like we. Um, well, I don't want to give away all of our. Maybe we call it the secrets revealed episodes, something like that. Yeah, yeah. and we we we've been we've been telling secrets and and non truths as we say in the United States in politics. Um, 
and maybe that we have a big podcast after we do all the episodes and we kind of teach you how to do a podcast, right? And and just because uh, Grace and Favor is ending does not mean that this is the absolutely last time that you will ever hear from us ever, ever again. You know, as we've said, if there's any news that comes up in the Are You Being Served universe, we will come back together to report on it. We may do special episodes on tangential episodes. You know, like Kath and Kim is going to have a two-part Christmas special this oh, winter. Oh, my God. That's going to be unusual, so, different, really nice. It's really nice. But you can always keep in touch with us on socials. Yeah. Um, even in between the further and further apart spaced episodes. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the, the crux of the uh, message here is uh, we'd love to hear you all say you're going to miss us. We'll miss you, too. But um, if you want to do your own podcast about one of the shows you've recommended us to do, like um, Keeping Up Appearances is often touted as one we could do. And, and you know... Um, as is Last of the Summer Wine. Last of the Summer Wine. There's lots of them out there. Um, but if you wanted to do one on your own, that's kind of what we're encouraging you to do. Uh, we didn't know how to do this podcast business. And as I say online, some maintain we still don't know how to do it, but that's, that's their opinion. Um, <laughs> Okay, Gladys is agreeing with that. Okay, you're you're going to have to go into timeout. Okay, she's in timeout. But yeah, so if you want to do one, do it. We will help you do it, and we'll do a show on how to make your own podcast. I think is what we're getting at. So stay tuned for that. But that'll be a lot of fun. It's a it's a cool way to express yourself, and I think the dynamic that Mr. Jeff and I have, like Pinky and the Brain, he's the brain, and I'm Pinky. Um, <laughs> I guess I'm Hardy, and he's Laurel, or I'm Laurel, and I, I don't know. But it's cool to have, like, a friend that you can bounce stuff off of and have a conversation. And um, one's probably a little bit more of a yacker, blah, 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 like me. Or maybe that's you. Maybe we're both. Who knows? But it's, no, it's fun to do a podcast. I think you're definitely the yacker. I mean, if one of the categories for the Pussy Awards is going to be Best Tangent, I think you have a bigger chance of being nominated than I do. I still maintain that my tangent about Charles I was very interesting, <laughs> and I'm just waiting for the accolades to come in for that. But anyhow. So anyway. Well, our, our, new, our newest unpaid intern certainly thought so, because she decided that she needed to come and work with us. Isn't that right, Mr. Brandon? Uh, this is true. So on the Twits machine... Um, no, I'm sorry. That's one of the titles that we gave one of our unpaid intern, the Twit Award. Um, so we have Mel, and either Mel is um, a gentleman, Mel could be a lady, Mel could be someone who is neither one way nor the other. But whatever proper pronouns he or she uses, uh, Mr. or Ms. And Mel, listen to us while they go on the, their runs and their walks about tune. So we've made Mel our official That Does Suit Madam unpaid intern sneaker tester. <laughs> um, so, Mel, be on the lookout for the post. We, we've sent some uh, some Nikes your way, or Nikes, if you're in the uke. Um, and uh, just yeah. let us know which ones ride up with wear and which ones, you know, will be fine. We uh, hope they all really ride up with wear, <laughs> frankly. But yeah. anyway, so welcome. Welcome aboard, Mel. Uh, Mr. Dirk wrote in from New Zealand to let us know a little bit more about cricket because in the episode we talked about the cricket match, when both Brand and I are woefully, woefully under knowledge represented about the sport. Oh, you mean the um, sport, not the little? Okay, that's not ge- not Jiminy cricket. Oh, yeah. Okay, so. Uh, in the episode, Mavis had said um, she'll wait for Mr. Humphreys uh, when he hits the buffers. And that actually wasn't a cricket reference. It was a train reference. 
Because remember, he made the, the the train of life joke again. Oh, yeah. Because if I'm in New Ch- Westminster and then I'm going to something, something town, yeah. I would have already passed exactly. something. Right. Okay. So, so the buffers are the bollards that stop a train from going off its tracks once when it's at a terminus. Or like the last station at the end of the line. Well, thanks, Mr. Yeah. Dirk. And Mr. JR let us know that he has never watched Beyond Series 7 before uh, because Mr. Lucas left and Mr. Granger left and he couldn't bear to even think about what the series would be without them. And because of our podcast, he started watching Series 8 and Beyond and he's only just discovered what a terrible character old Mr. Grace is. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the club. We could also change, we could change this name of the podcast to like, We Hate Old Mr. Grace (laughs) Something like that, right? (laughs) Yeah, I remember interacting with him, and I think I said, you just now figured that out, honey? Like, everybody <laughs> knows that much. But if you didn't watch past Series 7, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, we just need we need more content, but we're kind of running out, haven't we? We've done every bit of content that you have seen and have not seen in around the world. Are you being served England, United States, Australia? Was there one in South Africa? That we overlooked? Probably not. There was not an episode in South Africa, no. (laughs) We would need to get Chris Lilly on to do one of his bad South African. Anyway, um, please, Unanimous, wash your hands, get your vaccines, pay attention to the news, uh, and as always, Black Black Lives Lives Matter. Matter. And you've all done very well. Um, Did you know that right now, as of October 2022, in the United States, only 4% of folks have gotten their fourth bivalent second booster shot did you know that i did not know that but that's kind of that's a little depressing but also not unexpected because it just came out um the beginning of september didn't it uh something like that but anyway go and get it that's my point go and get it folks so um we have a bargain basement as mr jeff eloquently mentioned hashtag uh sellout uh so go buy our stuff and um there you go so mr jeffrey what the yes, hell are we doing wasting these nice people's time talking about a show from who knows how long ago? Well, tonight we are going to be talking about Series 2, Episode 4, A Mummified Cat. Ooh. Yeah, it's kind of an odd title, but it's... Yet appropriately it, seasonably it, timed. It, it, it does what it says on the tin, yeah? <laughs> um, yeah. It originally premiered on January 25th, 1993, and that week at the news... Tell us. Yes, at the top of the charts was I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. Okay. But elsewhere on the UK singles chart was uh, Mr. Wendell by Arrested Development, um, okay. No Limit by Two Unlimited, um, Sweet Harmony by The Beloved, and okay. a remake of We Are Family by Sister Sledge. Okay. So this was a song that came out in the 80s, but it had a revival in the late 90s. I'm not sure why uh, it had a revival in the UK, but it made it to um, fifth place this week. Okay, so a, a tizzy of, of musical interludes zipping around the UK airwaves to while, help you while this episode in, premiered. To help you get back in the mindset of the early 90s where we were when this uh, episode was airing. Um, this year's yeah. catalog put out its last issue. Okay. Um, Michael Jackson and a choir of 3,000 kids sang We Are the World at, a Super Bowl, at the Super Bowl halftime show. 
I will have to look him up. I've never heard of <laughs> that. And, and Puerto Rico officially adds English as its second official language. Okay, that was a big day. Um, so, set the stage. What happens when we turn on our little um, Magnavox VGA old-fashioned <laughs> 1990s television screens <laughs> back in the day? So we're in Mavis and Humphrey's room, and it's dark because it's first thing in the morning, but the shades are all drawn, and the phone is ringing. Um, and it's Mrs. Humphreys, you know, calling to check in. We get a couple of jokes about him being in bed, and the gr- there's a girl there. Okay. Um, uh, he, he, I'm sat up in bed with half a dozen soldiers. Ooh. No, Mavis has bought, brought him um, eggs and soldiers. You know, Do you know what eggs and soldiers are? I don't think Americans know what that means. No, Americans don't know what that means. It's uh, cut up pieces of toast that are cut up vertically so that you can dump them in a um, hard-boiled egg and to sop up the yolk. So it's interesting. So uh, when I spent a week or two in the U.K., um, you learned that eggs, and I've, I've talked, oh, here goes Brandon about talking about eggs in England again. Um, but they're, they're different over there. Like eggs seem to be more of a substantial thing you eat. Whereas mm-hmm. in the States, my impression is it's like an ingredient at most. Most people don't really do eggs. And like, yeah, okay, fried for breakfast. But over there, you boil them soft boil. You don't hard boil them. Mm-hmm. So when you – egg cups are very rare in the U.S. We don't really mm-hmm. use them. True. But over there, like, you have breakfast and it's an egg with a egg cup. And what you do is you soft boil it. So it's not hard. The yolk is wet – is runny wet (laughs) but um you cut out the very top so you have like access to the yolk and then like you said the soldiers are buttered toast but cut into little strips and i guess it's kind of cute because it's probably one of the first things you probably eat as a kid Mm -hmm. um that when you're learning how to eat on your own and you take the strip of toast it's like an inch wide and you dunk it in the yolk and that's a yummy little thing if you don't know what soldiers are, this tr- this joke does not even make sense, right? Because Humphrey no, says, it, it, like... He, he does explain it to his mother because his mother's over the telephone and she can't see. He's like, the toast soldiers, the toast points, you know? But n- not like six, six American Navy men in the, in the bed. <laughs> right. Um, Mavis's card- cardigan is full of holes and it's dirtier than ever. And I think that... You know, if we had been paying attention, is she wearing the same exact cardigan in all episodes and it's just getting holier and holier and holier <laughs> as we go through? Um, oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, we'll have to get the continuity team uh, to investigate and, and send, a, send a report. Yeah, I mean, because by, by episode six, it's going to be threadbare. You know? <laughs> Maybe they were like, we need more audience, so let's just make... In fact, if you look at, if you think about uh, Miss uh, Lovelock, our, our fan Joanne Haywood's character... Um, she was dressed rather buxomly in the buxomly, in the episode, yes, in, in the in the, in the uh, dream sequence. Yeah. Um, so to set that up, uh, Captain Peacock and Miss Lovelock are fixing up the attic room for Miss Brahms, uh, and Miss Lovelock is telling the story of what happened there because she's yeah. done her research because she's been there to visit with young Mister Gray several times. Mm-hmm. The old Earl of Millstone Manor was shot dead in the attic by his jealous wife because <gasps> he was going after the sister-in-law. And we start to get a first in this, I believe this is a first in the entire series, a black and white dream sequence. You're so right. And I have to say, 
Um, I did not remember this at all from when Me I first neither. saw the series. Yeah, because it's like 45 seconds. It's not long at all. But yeah. you can, it's, it's so cute because you see Joanne Haywood and Frank Thornton really loving playing these like over-the-top, like 1950s black and white period lovers and well, it's adorable right. they're, they're 1950s actors playing the period piece of the yeah, 19th yeah, yeah, century yeah. yeah exactly so uh, Peacock in the dream sequence is the Earl and he snuffs some tobacco so that was I think really important to kind of set the, the time period about when the Earl of Millstone Manor would have been around um, so tobacco snuff was originally a headache me- medicine in 16th century Portugal okay. but then it became the way of favor um, in England and in most of Europe to consume tobacco. You know, pipes kind of fell out of favor for a while. And snuffing never took off in the U.S. because it was seen as something aristocratic, something from the old country. You know, that's where you get the, um, uh, you get the, I don't know if you call it a slur, but, you know, toffee-nosed git. It's referring to someone who has snuff all around their nose. So I know a little bit more about that than I wish I did, and it's kind of <laughs> gross, but I will explain it. I think I have before on the show. Toffee-nosed git. So a git is like a stupid ass, you know, like, oh, you yeah. stupid git, right? toffee nose. toffee is like a lovely caramel color, right? The thing is, when you do snuff, and like you said, exactly, so it's like aristocratic for rich people who wore like frills with their jackets and lovely wigs and they did toffee uh, they did uh, snuff the thing is when you put tobacco and this is what i've not from personal experience when you snort tobacco it kind of like produces like liquid so no. that you have to like constantly sniff up which is disgusting <laughs> and yes. And the thing is, um, back then, people, like, tended to tilt their head back a little bit because it helped with the, with the liquid from the That's nose. That's right. Yep. So if it were to – you also wore, like, beautifully white ruffled shirts. And back then, like, white was not easy to happen and it was very expensive. So you didn't want the toffee, toffee liquid, toffee-colored liquid from your nose <laughs> hitting your shirt. So you would walk about having your nose in the air. So another thing, you, oh, she has her nose in the air. Well, that's because the aristocratic people used to do snuff all the time. And sometime it would drip down. It would be brown like the color of toffee. Isn't that disgusting? I'm glad that that never took off in the States. But instead, we have dip. So where people are just <laughs> spitting, chewing tobacco liquid into, like, uh, the Gatorade bottles or do on dip. the bread. Yeah. Don't smell. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Miss Lovelock plays Leonora, the sister-in-law, and she is wearing a costume that is very scandalous for the time. <gasps> yes. Because it is strapless. It must have been. I was thinking, um, I kind of wish we could have Joanne, Joanne Haywood on again because... It would be really cool to say, like, what was it like to dress in that outfit and, like, be a 1950s actress for that scene uh, and be so campy with... um, Straight out of Captain Peacock's imagination, right? Oh, my God. And then at one point, she does that 1950s actress thing where um, she's all close to her man, but then she pushes herself away. We can't do this. But then she pulls herself back again. <laughs> consummation, consummation shall wait no longer. Enough of the wooing, now the doing. Oh, boy. 
So cute. And I love that as the scene ended. So, so if you're in the studio audience of the actual live show, and we learned this through Hay- uh, Joanne Haywood's retelling of her time with the show, you're watching the live acting in front of the studio and there's like studio audience, right? When they cut to like a scene of them in the field or a flashback or something, they have that being played on the TV screens in the the monitors. Yeah. Yeah, So that's why when you hear people laughing, well, they're not in the field of potatoes. No, they're watching it in the studio. So when they cut to the, the, the dream sequence, right? The audience watched it live on the monitors in the studio. Uh, so if you watch the episode again, when they finish that little scene and go back to the live action, they were clapping because they were so yeah. amazed at that really cool scene and not enough people clapped, but they kept going on. I wish they gave a little more space <laughs> for them to clap because it was so cool, right? So that was yeah. kind of cool to notice that. Um, Captain Peacock is snapped back to reality <laughs> and uh, he's trying to, as they're trying to decorate the room for Miss Brahms, He's trying to bang a nail in the wall to hang a picture, but instead he puts a hole in the wall and just opens up all of the plaster and the drywall yeah. that was, I'm sure, so shoddily done, um, according to the way that Mr. Grace, you know, tightwadded that he was, the way that <laughs> yeah. he budgeted for things. Anyway, he discovers a mummified cat covered in newspaper hidden inside the wall of the attic. What? What a grotesque discovery to make, first of all. Um, but somehow it was so well preserved that it did not decay. We don't know how. We don't know <laughs> if it was embalmed. We just know that there is a cat, and we get Captain Peacock and Miss Lovelock pulling like the surprised face, like <gasps> you know, like they were in a telenovela, just their mouth agape. We get a hard cut out to the farm. Yeah, that was kind of a weird transition. It was like, okay, I guess we're in a farm now. What's going yeah. on, right? We're not we're not going to learn any more about the cat. Maybe there's some kind of setup for the plot on the farm. But, I mean, great for them to get to the plot about there being a mummified cat. I know you worry about on. such things, Mr. Jeff. We, we've received letters about and in, in, in supportive <laughs> hugs on, uh, on Facebook. Like, please let Mr. Jeff know. We, we hope that this plot comes quicker for you um but it was cool that they had the, the newspaper there which easily gave you know oh this is from 200 we, years ago we get this cat's we get 200 years is. old yeah yeah um mr rumbold has designed a system to plant the potatoes more efficiently because of course he does because of course he thinks he knows the best way to do something that he's never touched before um it ends up in a bit of physical comedy with basically Brahms throwing potatoes at Mr. Humphreys and him unable to keep up. And like a bunch of very, smoke and... Very much um, I Love Lucy. Yeah. Um, from totally. that episode, Job Switching, where they'd have to do the... Um, oh, no. That's not, what, that's not what the reference is, but there is another one that is like it later on in the episode um, where Lucy and Ethel are trying to do the chocolates and they can't oh, yeah. keep up. Yeah, but yeah, there's yeah. a there's another visual that is more reminiscent of this episode of that. And I you know, of course, later on. we get to see Mrs. Slocum at, done magnificently as the great Molly Sugden, um, yep. like do this really cool thing where um, she's riding a tractor, and of course, you know, she's a proper lady, upper middle class, is what she wants us to think. But somehow, when she's you know in the country, her land girl roots come out. Yep. And she does this thing where she like throws her legs straddling across the rather rough looking uh, tractor seat, and that was cute. Just because you know sometimes yep. she forgets that a lady wouldn't do that. Exactly. 
Yeah. It was kind of, like you said, physical humor, kind of cute. It was okay. Right. She needs, like, a gentleman's hand to help her down from the horse's cart, but she can get on the tractor (laughs) by herself, no problem. But it was cool because we see Mrs. Slocum riding a tractor and Mr. Humphreys... Uh, oh, at one point, Miss Miss Brahms make a joke about um, she has. There's nowhere to sit. She has to sit on the cart uh, full of potatoes. And then yep. Mrs. Slocum says, "Well, if you want, uh, Shirley, I can go back there." And then she says, "I don't think we want the potatoes to become mashed potatoes," right. which was like a little <laughs> cute. Are you being served joke? Ha ha ha. So, and then of course, Mr. Humphreys has like got a little flower in his hat, and he's running around, and oh my god, so cute. So, so the potatoes really add nothing to the mummified cat, but Peacock lets the rest of the staff know that he found the cat. The newspaper is dated from 1790, so the cat is yeah. over 200 years old. I've never seen one of those before, a 200-year-old pussy, right? <laughs> oh, God. And they joke about how they're going to uh, turn the attic into a tourist attraction for the hotel guests, the tome of the unknown pussy. Um, etc. And then the Bogman joke. So I have to say, I was watching it. I burst out laughing. <laughs> okay, so Bogman. Do people know what Bogman are? Uh, I don't really know what a Bogman is. Really? I just assume that this is someone who uh, who was fossilized in a bog, like a cranberry bog or a marsh. No, it's, it's a bathroom attendant is what it is. Uh, no, I'm joking. Um, oh. so, so yeah, <laughs> you're like, what? So a bog man is kind of what people refer to. Like you said, um, it happens a lot in Scotland, wherever they're in Ireland and as well, like lots of places in Europe and probably around the world. But if a, if a, if a place in geography has like, bogs which are um pretty wet areas and they like thousands of years ago people would be oftentimes sacrificed and then they would bury the body in the bog Ah. and the thing about the bog is because it's so dense and i i'm sure someone could tell better about explain this better but there's something about a lack of oxygen within the bog and as the bog grows it becomes multi-layered and basically buries the bodies without any oxygen. So therefore, it doesn't decompose. So Ah. therefore, they become mummified naturally. So a lot of times, I think, I want to say Scotland has a lot of them. Um, If they're doing excavations of of peat moss or bogs or something, and, you know, these things are harvested and burned and whatever, they'll come across a body every now and then. But it's cool because they'll be... Like, they died, oh, this person died 30,000 years, or, I don't know, 5,000 years ago, and it's completely preserved. So, like, all over the place, you'll find bog men is kind of the colloquial way of describing it. But it's really neat. Like, if you go on uh, uh, National Geographic, and they can, like, carbon date, and they can see what these people ate in their stomach, like their last meal. And uh, it's pretty cool. But that's the, what a bog man is. So the joke is, so they're... Um, you know, all kind of describing this cat and Miss Brahms, as she often does, says, oh, I heard about that. I read in the newspaper that there's a bog man at the local museum. And then Mr. Humphreys, <laughs> he says, uh, where do they find him? And then Miss John Brahms says, in a local bog. <laughs> and at this point, if you're American, you don't get the joke. But a bog, uh, the name of a bog is another name for what, Mr. Jeff? Lavatory. Lavatory. W.C. Yes. Lou. A ballroom. A washroom. Yeah. So 
Mr. Humphreys has this cute, adorable, like, confused, innocent face. Where did they find him? Miss Brahms. Oh, they found him at a local bog. And then he just looks confused. So he's thinking that means like a bathroom, like a public loo somewhere. And then, and then he said, how long ago? And she says, 5,000 years. And then he said, I bet you there was quite a queue outside. <laughs> <laughs> this is what makes me laugh so much. It's the stupidest. Mr. Brandon is turning the brightest shade of red I have ever seen him turn. So Mr. Humphreys is picturing this guy this in a public washroom. For 5,000 5, years, and there's a line out the door for, like, a 1,000 people waiting to pee. <laughs> so stupid. Anyway, I love, in I was, like, case, laughing out loud. Oh, my God. <laughs> in any case, uh, the staff decide to take the cat to the museum, and so they all get dressed up in their finery, <laughs> and Miss Lovelock drives them on the horse there. Mm. Um so the staff go inside to deal to, to meet the museum curator and uh, Captain Peacock is going to go park the horse, uh, you know, tie the horse to a lamppost somewhere around. Uh, and we see that there's a meter maid who takes notice of this horse being mm -hmm. tied up to the, to the lamppost. Um, the museum attendant is played by Roger Avon. And he was the policeman on Steptoe and Son, which was the inspiration for the eventual American sitcom Sanford and Son. Okay. Uh, he also played on one episode of Dad's Army because, you know, the Lloyd and Croft troupe is very, very insular. They, they, love, e they love each other. Um, Lovely. Uh, and they're trying to get his attention, uh, but he keeps shutting the window on them. We're shut. We're closed for lunch. Go away. Until, it's very like um, the guard from Wizard of Oz to me. Yeah, right? it is. Kind of that thing. Until Mrs. Slocum says, I have a pussy of great antiquity and I'd like him to take a look at it. And then we hear the, <laughs> the museum attendant faint on the other side. Oh my god. Yeah. That's so cute. Uh, we eventually meet the museum curator who's played by Patrick Fife, uh, who is probably better known to most Britons as uh, Dame Hilda Brackett. So uh, he, was, um, really? part of a he was part of a duo that did... Uh, long-running female impersonation gag uh, of Hinge and Bracket. They were uh, elderly, intellectual female musicians, uh, and they played um, and sang songs and played the violin to, for comic effect oh, on, wow. across, across three different series of their own right, and then they'd make special appearances on like late-night talk shows. They're basically like an early version of um, Dame, um, Dame and Average. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So, you know, it's funny because when I saw the museum curator, I thought, wow, he's got a very interesting face and he's doing this great accent and he's the, the quip and he speaks so quickly. I could definitely see him kind of doing like a Dame Hilda Brackett. Oh, I love it. I wonder if yeah. Hilda Brackett, is that like a joke somehow? Oh, maybe Hilda like a pun, Hil Brackett. Hilda Brackett. Mm. So now I want to go find the footage of these of these ladies and post them. I mean, or I could be p pronouncing that name wrong. Maybe it's Dame Hilda Braquet. Well, <laughs> that's it depends Patricia, on who you're married to. Patricia Patricia Rutledge would agree with me on that. Yes, 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 yes. Um, the curator is showing off the, the 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 bog man and the tooth of the mammoth, and we get. Nefertiti's aunt, and that gets a laugh from the studio audience for some reason, and I couldn't put my finger on why that was. 
Is it because Nefertiti's family was incestuous as it was, or uh, I, I mean, don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to think. 1990s Britain. The word Nefertiti is Titi, a uh, word for ant in another language. It is, but I don't think that the average studio audience member would pick that up. I don't know. I wonder if, like, maybe one of the characters on EastEnders or something, like, called herself Titi, and she was the aunt. I don't know. But who knows? We might be overthinking this. (laughs) As we do sometimes. I think we need to go down to the canteen for a tea break. We could use more um, caffeine. And, um, miss, if you could cancel my toffee, that would be great. Thanks. Yes, uh, toffee pudding, uh, scratch that from the menu there. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, so we will be right back after we clean out all the toffee pudding from the canteen, and we'll be right back. Hello, Unanimous. This is Mr. Brandon. And this is Mr. Jeff. Did you wake up this morning and think, how could I support my favorite podcast while also letting the world know that I'm a proud member of the Unanimous? Does your morning coffee vessel leave you feeling neither one way nor the other? Perhaps your smartphone cover fails to confirm your charm, personality, vitality, and youth. Worry no more. Visit our That Does Suit Madam online bargain basement shop. They've just come in. You could buy your very own That Does Suit Madam official tote bag. A handbag. Or an official podcast sofa pillow. Perfect for hiding your Paddington bear. We sell a fashionable face mask and a celebrated coffee cup. And of course, t-shirts. But don't worry, you'll find the sleeves right up with wear. Support your favorite podcast with some That Does Suit Madam merch. All at imfree.threadless.com imfree.threadless.com And you've all all done done very well. well. So back at the manor, um, Mavis is making a lemon meringue pie, and uh, Moulter starts to complain that Daisy the cow is dried up. Right? <gasps> uh, he went to How a milker. Dare and he say that about out. Daisy? So rude. The staff come back. Pe- Peacock is complaining that he got a parking ticket because he left the, the the horse on a double yellow line. Funny. Which means um, in England you can't park on no parking, where right. there's a double little, yeah. It's like a, a red zone, right? Yeah. Um, and they let the Moulturds know what they were doing in town, and they're very, very upset that they took the cat away because the cat was put there on purpose in order to bring good luck upon the house. It's like a little Apparently. bit of like West Country local superstition. And you might say, you know... Uh, the Moulters complained that the, the Daisy, the cow, has dried up. She has no more milk. Peacock got a parking ticket. Like, what else could these are all These are all the signs of bad luck, right? Yeah. Because the saying is, take a cat from the wall, bad luck shall befall. You find it in a niche, leave it where it is. <laughs> <laughs> that and also made Peacock, me laugh. Captain Peacock takes offense because it neither scans nor rhymes. Can, right? I, can, I, do, can I do the joke? I want to say it. Go like, for it. It's Go so for cute. It. Okay, so this is something you can tattoo on your body if you want, um, unanimous. Take a, take a cat from the wall, bad luck shall befall. <laughs> okay, and then everyone listens and like, yes. And then he has another one. If you find it in a niche, leave it where it is. <laughs> no rhyming. It's just a thing. I thought it was so cute. But yes, no what rhyming, does it mean? No scan. What does it mean to scan to rhyme? Is this like a CB radio reference? I don't get it. 
Yeah, so when, when Captain Peacock says scan, he means that it doesn't follow the same meter or the same rhythm. Like a right? parking meter. We're talking about that again? Like <laughs> a parking meter, exactly. Right, no. Well, the, um, the first half had the same rhythm where it was probably done in, um, in trochaic, um, tetra- uh, trochaic t- um, tetrameter, right? Take a cat from the wall, bad luck shall befall, right? It has the same kind of rhythm. If you think about, you know, um, uh, famous, I, I think that the, the, the two most famous uh, meters or scans that people know about is that they learned about iambic pentameter in high school when you were studying Shakespeare, right? Because he wrote most of his uh, plays were written in iambic pentameter. I certainly studied that in high school, yes. <laughs> Does it sound familiar at least? Um... Yes. No. Okay. So, mm, all right. So, iambic no. pentameter. Is, so, iambic pentameter means iamb is a meter that is short then long, and pentameter means that there are five of them. So it's like da dun da dun da dun da dun da dun. A horse, a horse, my kingdom for a horse. Follows so that same kind of like, meter. Okay, so I'm a little bit musical. So it almost sounds like notes. So if it's iambic yeah. pentameter, you're going to have like note, 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 double note, double note, or something like that. It's almost like predicting how it will sound when you say it. Okay, so an iam is da dum, short, long, da dum. What did you call me? <laughs> and then there are five of them, pentameter, like the Greek word for five, pentameter. So it's da dum, da dum, da dum, da dum, da dum. Okay, I can, I can get it, with right? that. Okay. And the other one that uh, people know about is anapestic tetrameter. I went to school with her sister, I think. <laughs> so Thank an you for anapest- that laugh. <laughs> that, that was well-timed and that was great. <laughs> so an, an anapest um, is like what it sounds. It's da-da-dum, anapest, da-da-dum. And tetrameter means that there's four of them. So it goes da-da-dum, 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 da-da-dum. Twas the night before Christmas and all through the house. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. It's oh, that's okay. interesting. So he says it neither rhymes nor scans. Right. Because, right, uh, take a cat from the wall, bad luck shall befall. That there makes you sense. go. You yeah. find it in a niche, leave it where it is. Like that doesn't, yeah. It, oh, exactly. Okay. okay, there you go. Wow. Right. That does suit. Um, that does suit pentameter. <laughs> so R- Rumbled comes down the stairs Ooh. looking very haggard, with a plaster on his head like oh he's just visiting the Coconut Islands. He okay. Can I just say how great this guy is, Nicholas Smith? He is so cute. He looks mm-hmm. so disheveled and in shock. And he's got the little like coconut fell on his head bandage plaster on he his plays, head. <laughs> he plays physical shock very well several yes. times in this episode. I do have to agree. <laughs> oh my God. Um, he pulled the chain in the bathroom and the cistern fell on his head. So if you imagine like an old timey bathroom in like a, a, a pub or if you go to visit like an um, old Western saloon or whatever in the States, mm. the tank that is held up high on the wall to let gravity do its thing. That's the cistern, and it fell on his head. Yeah, because um, 
so this is so there's a lot of like American things that we may not know. So the toilet tank in modern toilets is like right behind you. Yeah. Back in the day, they used to be like five feet up on the wall. Yeah. And then there's a long pipe that goes to the actual toilet device thing. So you could imagine like that would be a lot of weight. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of times like you'd hear, oh, go pull the chain because the, the thing is way up there. You have to reach and there's a chain that you pull to flush yeah. it. And all of that came down on his head. Yep. Mr. Rumbled. Mr. Moulter refuses to stay in the house until the cat is returned to its rightful place. Um, but Mrs. Slocum saying that she's going to stay in the manor and she is unanimous in that. Of course so we she thank is. her for that reference. Yes. Um, and then all of a sudden, the uncooked lemon filling from the rank pie starts spilling out of the oven. <gasps> this is the other thing. This is the other thing that is reminiscent of the I Love Lucy job switching episode when um, when Ricky is cooking the rice and he doesn't know um, the proportions to use, and the rice is spilling out all over the place, and the bread is coming out of the oven. A um, lot of good visual imagery here as callbacks to this uh, classic sitcom. Well, I mean, yeah, I, that makes me want to go watch I Love Lucy, but um, did you see that movie on uh, Amazon with the Australian actress? Yes, with Nicole Kidman as uh, Lucy, yes. It was very good. That was really I, good. I, if, if you like yeah. Lucille Ball, like, she... It was interesting to hear her sound like Lucille Ball. And, like, half of Lucy, for me, is her voice. She didn't look like her that much, but it was a good show. But, but you know, talking about the, the, the overflowing food, I think of the episode of uh, the boardroom something, something, Lady Weebelable Smith, and, of course, our Mr. Humphreys. Mm-hmm. The, t- the takeover. The oh, takeover. yeah, that's right. Where the Yorkshire... Me Yorkshire's! Me Yorkshire's! Yeah, yeah, and I think wasn't there like the bread that came out of the oven? Or no, that's that's Lucy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's funny because comedy, physical comedy. We as Americans, I don't know if it's worldwide. I definitely think about I love Lucy. Physical comedy, Lucy, absolutely. I think of Three She's Stooges. The- you know, maybe if you're in England, you think of um, the the two. The two Ronnies, that's a lot of physical humor there. Um, Three's Company in the States as well, I think, oh, is yeah. one of those things that's, that's very physical comedy. Just because, well, mostly because of Jack Ritter, not because of Joyce DeWitt or Suzanne Summers. <laughs> um, but yeah, just Jack Ritter in general. Um, anyway, the reactions to the meringue filling coming out are oh my God. over the top. <laughs> right? Mavis drops a plate. Slocum and Brahms clasp hands almost like they're playing patty cake or London Bridge or something. Yeah. And Peacock is trying to tame back the the pie filling with a chair like he's taming a lion. Oh, my God. Like, I didn't understand the physicality of this. It was cute. It was cute. It was cute, but, like, it's pie filling. Like, (laughs) it's not not like... uh, um, a fox came out of the oven or something. Or a tiger, right? right? But right. again, this is another sign that maybe they took away the good luck charm of Millstone Manor and now everything's falling apart. And, right. you know, so. It's uh, later that night, Moulterd, who's not staying in the manor or uh, in, the ha- in the grounds at all, mm-hmm. um, he's pumping water from the well. And it's making a lot of noise. So Mrs. Miss Lovelock goes to... Um, investigate what's going on yeah and he screams she screams the lantern clatters wakes up everybody in the house right so there are they're 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 jumping 
right? Because things are starting to be spooky. There was a dead cat in the wall for 200 years, and now these bad luck things are starting to pile up. So I will play and the so, devil's advocate for Mr. Moltard. So okay. when <laughs> Miss Lovelock comes out, and of course it's our pal Joanne Haywood looking fabulous and beautiful as always. Uh, she's wearing like a white nighty and maybe a, a bonnet or like a, 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 a scarf on her head. I can't remember, but I remember she looked very beautiful, very well lit and like lots of white satin or silk. So right, I because the, the, she him. left. She left. Yeah, that's right. She did leave the the candles on in the stables where she stays, yeah. which were backlight backlighting her. So she did kind of look rear ghostly, rather ghoulish. You, I think. Yeah. To okay. to the superstitious Mister. Uh, I'll I'll give that to you a little bit. So everyone is riled up. They gather in the kitchen for a late night cup to calm their nerves, and Miss Brahms is dress coded. Ever so young as compared to everyone else. Like, she has her hair in pigtails. <laughs> she's wearing Minnie Mouse pajamas. She's carrying a stuffed Donald Duck. Which was plushie, a, a hot like, water bottle, I think. Oh, is yeah. that what it was? Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but even still, like, they're coding her as very young for some reason here. Um, I wonder if they call her, like, Gidget or something. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Barbie's they, kid they, sister. Mrs. Brahms, yeah. They, they, they have a cuppa, they calm themselves down, they go back to, to their rooms, and they're not able to sleep, right? The wind blows open Miss Lovelock's windows. Um, in Mrs. Slocum's room, uh, the lights flickered, her drawers flew open, and they fell to the ground. So we so get a joke I love, about her so drawers, this was, this her this was amazing. So, like, of course, this is a typical are-you-being-served thing where Mrs. Slocum is kind of uh, oblivious to it. Like the, the word pussy and all this. Right. Well, I wasn't going to tell you all because I thought you would make fun of me. But um, the my drawers flew out and landed on the floor. And, of course, when you say drawers, you picture her knickers, right? But she's talking about the drawers from her chest. Or even that. You can't say chest. <laughs> <laughs> her dr- dresser drawers. From her dresser drawers, right. And then, of course, Mr. P- P- Captain Peacock saying, oh, this is this is hogwash. This is just, uh, there's no such thing as supernatural. I'm sure a lorry drove by. I'm sure a truck drove by. Right. And the vibrations made the drawer come out of the dresser and fall, which is silly. Um, right. But another one of those classic, are you being served? Stupid right. jokes, which is what I like the most. <laughs> Captain Peacock, trying to be the sensible one, is trying to come up with a reasonable explanation for everything. Yeah. And Mavis admits that it's possible she mixed up the sugar with the bicarb of soda when making the pie. Oh, so that's what happened to the pie. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, Rumbled Colt comes down in shock again with a <laughs> second plaster on his head. <laughs> who, who left a dead pig on the stairs? What? <laughs> Now, what the hell? The lemon pie filling got the ghastliest reaction from everyone, but the dead pig in the middle of the night, no one blinks an eye. At yeah, that. whatever. It's just a dead pig. And, yeah, exactly. and I, I don't know if that's because they know that Rumbold is possibly concussed and like <laughs> hallucinating, or if he's just not to be believed anytime. You know what? This, um, this makes me think. I'm going to jump in. I think that maybe the people who made the episode, the special effects guys, Mm-hmm. Or gals. Um, they probably wanted that pie filling to, like, absolutely erupt and go yeah. nuts. And it probably was a little bit more conservative Uzi. than they were hoping. Yeah. Because if it 
I mean, because they reacted as if it was like, holy shit, it's coming. The place is going like to fall Blatha. apart. Right. Yeah. But I wonder if it just didn't really. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Captain Peacock has had enough of the um, nonsense and he goes upstairs, but he, we hear him trip over <laughs> what apparently Rumble thought was the dead pig. Turns out to be six pounds of pork sausage. Which, okay, I guess, it's, and it was like in a plastic, a white shopping plastic bag. Yeah. Right? So well, it's sort it, of like. It was in the butcher's paper. Oh, okay. But it's like, that doesn't resemble a pig to me, maybe. But does it smell like pig? Is that what. Uh, I don't know. Rumble might have mistaken it for. And does, I wonder if this is like a, a, a country thing in the West Country, but the idea of a pig being on, a, on the stairs, does that mean something that we don't get? I, I, it, no, I think it's just rumbled in his, like, concussed state from oh, okay. having the toilet <laughs> fall on his head. Oh, right? poor Mr. Rumble. Okay. Um, <laughs> back upstairs, uh, Mrs. Slocum gives us a great reminder uh, about how common over-the-counter drug use was through the 70s and 80s and even oh, 90s. Oh, my so, God, you're so right. This scene is... Yeah. Shall I take a sleeping pill so I don't know what's happening, or shall I take a tranquilizer so I don't care? <laughs> Just take a tranquilizer. Have a tranquilizer, Mike. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> take um, another one. So what was that, the first episode of The Brady Bunch where they get married? Yep, yep. And uh, Mike Brady, the dad, is talking to Cindy? Carol Brady, Carol, his fiance. Sorry. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, I'm I'm nervous. I'm nervous about the wedding, dear." Oh, oh, Mike, just take a tranquilizer. You'll be fine. You'll be addicted to them one. for the next twenty five years, but that's fine. I already had one, so take another. My doctor <laughs> prescribes them. Do- uh, right. My yeah. Oh, the seventies. <sighs> Peacock decides that he is going to sleep in the attic in order to prove everyone wrong, and uh, Tittle starts meowing. Right. He doesn't. He doesn't know where the cat noise is coming from. He thinks it's from the ghost of the cat in the, in the, in the oh, hole. Oh, because he's in sleeping wall. in the attic to prove them all wrong that he's exactly. brave and stuff. Yeah. Until he hears Slocum say, that's enough tittles, go to sleep, right? Um, the wind blows open the windows, <gasps> blows out the candles. Oh, he no. cu- goes under the covers over his head, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's knocking heard throughout the manor. Everybody is, like, <laughs> sitting up in their bed. And then you hear this, Peacock, Peacock. <laughs> you hear this scroogey, scroogey <laughs> voice. Rumbled has heard a nun singing in the bathroom. No, no, now, we but, don't... but what's so funny is Captain Peacock goes to the door and it's Mr. Rumbled, like, right. looking like a monster. Peacock! That's <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> we never get the explanation for what the nun in the bathroom is. Like but he, we know Yeah, that maybe he's obviously... just, he's concussed. He doesn't have all right. his wits about him. He's seeing right, nuns. Exactly. Oh, jeez. In Mavis and Humphrey's room, the temperature has dropped, and the bed begins to <laughs> levitate. Right? So it's there's poltergeist here, right? Poltergeist going on. Yeah. And so both Mavis and Mr. Humphreys get under the covers to try and protect themselves from whatever's making the bed levitate. Captain Peacock decides to be a good sport, um, a, a good fellow manor citizen, and check in on Mr. Humphreys and sees the ruckus under the covers. Looking quickly, it looks like they're going for a literal roll in the hay. <laughs> what does he Did say? Did you see anything? Yeah. Did you see anything paranormal in there? Not paranormal, but unusual. <laughs> <laughs> and they leave him. They leave them to make their sweet, sweet love. 
You know? Right. Okay. But in the ladies' room, uh, Mrs. Slocum's covers start to def- inflate and deflate. <laughs> and she doesn't want to move. And then it happens to Mrs. Brown's bed, and then smoke starts coming out of the drawers. This was the funniest. It's so stupid. I love this. So, so Mrs. Mrs. Slocum is sitting there. And she's sitting up in bed. Yeah, and they're like twin beds. And then suddenly you see, and the the, the sound effect is like every time it like fills with 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 air. And then you see Miss Brahms look of over. Jokes, yeah, Miss right? Brahms we- says, "Mrs. Slocum, <laughs> uh, your 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 clothes are going up and down. That's what they call sheets. You know, blankets and things. Bed clothes." And she's she's not moving at all, Mrs. Locum. And she says, I'm aware of that, Mrs. <laughs> Is it the wind? <laughs> Is it like as if she's passing so much gas that like she's right. inflating? <laughs> oh, my God. And then there's like right. smoke coming out of the dresser. So I think we've got a full on haunting happening. Right. So this is canon. This is Are You Being Served canon. Uh, Halloween is weeks away. These things happened at Millstone Manor yeah, in January yeah. 1993, right? Oh, my gosh. Um, the next day, all the staff go to get the cat back because they're convinced that everyone, including Captain Peacock, is convinced. Mm. And it turns out that the parademics are attending to the curator <gasps> because uh-huh. some bad luck has befallen him as well. Oh, Hasn't there, Mr. Brandon? Yes, yeah. indeed. And one of the things that we learned earlier in the episode, um, he was so he was showing everyone around the museum and it's... You know, I'm sure if you go to, like, a little small English town, there's, like, a museum. And bless them, like, it's not, it's not, the, it's not the, um, the Tate Modern. It's not the, <laughs> it's not, like, the, the, the Victorian Albert Museum. It's not, like, a huge, crazy thing. It's like, oh, here's a mummified cat we found once, you know. And here's a bucket right. that we don't know who, who made it, but someone made a bucket. So he's showing off as these small town museum curators are off to do. And he's, oh, here's Nefertiti's aunt. And da, da. one of the things he said, now this is an interesting specimen. It's either a pterodactyl's wing or a very old disused umbrella. umbrella. <laughs> we don't know. And then it turns out that because of all this bad luck, which is following because the cat's been taken out of the wall, they found that it is actually an old umbrella. So he's right. just, he just can't handle it. It's just too much for him. Oh, Someone God. has replaced the bog man's tool with a bottle of Tizer, which is a citrus soda. Oh, yeah. So, the bo- so we see the bog man. We didn't talk about yep. it, did we? So the we didn't bog talk man, about his tool, yeah. Yeah, so when you get petri- not petrified, when you get uh, mummified, you know, basically it, it freezes your body in the position that it was in. So this guy was laying down flat, and he was holding some sort of tool, but it looks suspiciously like an erection. And <laughs> yeah. Tool is another word for one's erection, and yeah, it anyway. So, someone took the tool and replaced it with an empty soda bottle in its place. And this is just too much for the poor curator. So, the staff go back to the cat portion of the museum, and there are several mummified cats around, (laughs) and they don't know which one is theirs. Oh my god, Mrs. Slocum starts calling him, and the cat wags its tail, which they don't react to. They're like, oh, this is the one. Uh. They scoop them up in their arms and they go back off and it's the end credits. Um, oh, it's so stupid, but I love it. So stupid. So wacky. 
This is a um, wacky, uh, wacky episode. And yeah, then, and we, and then we Mr. don't Humphreys, tend to get a lot of wacky episodes. Yeah, so they know which one is theirs. Mr. Humphreys takes the cat and puts him under his arm, and then they just walk away, and then we hear the music. That's yeah. it. So we have a haunting, and we suppose, I guess we'll find out next episode, that they put it back in the wall, and everything's back to normal. Well, I don't know if normal is ever going to be the right word to describe this <laughs> right? Okay, um, Gladys liked that one. Next week's episode is titled The Mongolians, um, which I'm not hopeful for is going, you know, that it's going to have some jokes that probably have not aged well over the past 30 years. I um, think that may be the case, but we'll find out. Hopefully, yeah, we'll find hopefully out. Not that bad. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, listen, folks, um, how many episodes are left, including this one? So after this one, there's two more. The Mongolians and the finale. Yeah. <gasps> so listen, if you folks want to send us a voicemail... Um, Now's have, your chance. Yeah, it's you got to do it quick because uh, there you go. We do have one that we will listen to next week, and um, so there. So you can get in touch with us on Facebook, Twitter. You can send us an email at that does suit madam with an e at gmail dot com, or you can call the Peacock Hotline and leave us one of those voicemails at six six two Peacock. That is six six two. 732-2625. And if you want to send us a voicemail, but like an audio file, you can email that to us yep. and use your microphone app on your smartphone. That works too. And you can also grab some cool merchandise and say that you like us by going to our bargain basement shop. That's at imfree.threadless.com. And Mr. Jeff, for one of the last times we get to say it on this podcast, as we always do, you've all, you've all done, done very, very well. well. Yay. Bye, Bye. That does suit Madam is not endorsed by the BBC, and it is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Are You Being Served is a copyrighted program of the BBC. Materials at the museum are presented as historical objects and are unaltered and uncensored, except in rare cases where personal information is redacted for privacy concerns.